Welcome to the Mint Pod, where we'll soothe your mind and give you a good old dose of that archetypal pride. Words so smooth, they will glide. Check, check, check. Donnie, you got the equipment over there? Okay. We are live, my friends. Welcome to the Mint Pod Podcast, where all of your Mint Pod Podcast needs are met. Today, we are your hosts, Jason Small, Connor Howe, Ollie Tomarasi. And today, what are we discussing, boys? We're discussing our free reads and our class reads, which was Frankenstein by Mary Shelley for Ollie and me, and Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde for Jason. And uh, what were you boys reading on your side time, you know, in the free time? I read The Shining by Stephen King. I read World War Z by Max Brooks. How about you? What did you read, Jason? I read The Secret of Ventriloquism. It was weird. Real weird. All right, let's start this conversation off with a little... Difference. What's the difference between tor- uh, horror and terror? Well, goddamn it, I'll tell you the difference between horror and terror. You know, uh, for horror, horror is kind of the feeling you get like from a scary situation. You know, when one's like frightened by the scenario, like in a movie or a novel, it could be like a ghost, it could be a killer, or just like a general feeling or mood. Terror, on the other hand, has it like has a specific purpose to it. It's like a terror act when inflicted on people. You know, terrorists. They want to, like, terrorize you. It could also be the same way in a novel. It, it's like horror that, like, gets the initial shiver. But then it's terror that keeps you shivering in your boots for the next ten days when you're in the dark home alone, thinking that a ghost is going to come and grab you by the neck. That's really interesting, Jason. I feel as horror is a sense that you feel before an event or something that you're scared of happens. For example, I am horrified that there will be a clown under my bed tonight. Terror, on the other hand, is after an event or something scary happens. For example, I was terrified when I saw the clown under my bed. And in horror movies, it's not actually terror until the event or scene happens that makes people jump in fright. Until that moment, it can very well be classified as horror. I was thinking that uh, in Frankenstein, there can be, it can be considered terror because there's no jump, sca- jump out scare scenes that make the reader feel scared. And this is completely different from The Shining because in this book, there are various times where there are jump-out scenes that make the reader feel scared. Uh, I actually thought horror was Frankenstein was more of a horror book because it kind of kept you going with the scare and didn't really give you the punch. While in my book, World War Z, it was more of a terror kind of scenario because it always kept you on your toes. When talking about character trope and archetype from our books, I can say that, you know, in The Shining, Danny, the main character, who's the son of Jack and Wendy, he's, uh, he's definitely more of the survivor type. He has to survive against his dad, who goes crazy after him and tries to kill him and his mother. So, I mean, what drove him insane was isolation. And then... Just survival against time also. You know, time plays a big role in it as he only has a limited amount of time to get away from his dad before, you know, 
His dad eventually gets him because they're trapped in a hotel, stuck out in the mountains in Estes Park, Colorado. Jason, what do you think? You know, Connor, that was actually pretty spot on. I got to say so myself. I've, uh, I've seen the movie before. I've never read the book, but I definitely agree with you on that whole isolation factor. See, uh, mine, The Secret of Ventriloquism, was a little bit different. It was actually, it was about this kid named Sky, who his whole life, he was just kind of an outcast, and his family outcasted him, everybody outcasted him. He was from just a regular suburban town, something similar to Golden. And one of the first quotes that really took me in was on page one when he said he was given hell since his departure of St. Augens. St. Augens was his immediate town. Um... What kind of seemed to drive him loose was all this isolation and basically people just not appreciating him as a person when he found this doll and he just went berserk and he just started, you know, using the doll to kind of put himself on the same level as how he felt with everybody else. And basically, if he's going to be hurt, everyone else is going to be hurt as well or dead. So, yeah, that's that's what I got out of mine. Connor, that's kind of interesting how you brought up the survivor survivor archetype because my story was also about the survivor. In my book, he had to live, like, what kind of drove him insane was the idea of not knowing whether he's going to live or not and if the zombies were going to take over the whole world. And that kind of drove him to be, like, a stronger person. But it's kind of a frightful thought. This made my character become a pretty strong leader, and he took control of the whole situation and did not stop no matter what. He always knew what was best for the, like, his team, and that's, that's it. To be more clear on things, the protagonist of The Shining by Stephen King was Danny, the little boy who was the son of Jack and Wendy and was terrorized by mental terrors and his own father turning into a murderer and running after him to take care of him for the second half of the book. In, this, in the required reading, which was Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, the protagonist was Victor, who is the scientist that creates the monster in the first place and ends up going through a decimating journey to find him. These two protagonists are critical to their plot, and most protagonists would be. Due to the uh, large influx of gym class students, we have decided to change locations. We'll be back with you shortly. Topic change. All right, Jason, let's hit him with the setting. The setting. Oh, the setting. This is where I get excited, guys. So uh, if I start jumping up and down, just control me. So uh, what I came, kind of came across was laboratories and all that kind of stuff, like the underworld. You know, laboratories, they're like a nest for the mad scientist. You find them in Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Pretty sure you find them in Frankenstein. Am I correct, Ollie? Is there yeah. a lab? Is there a lab out there? Yeah, I think there is, yeah. World War Z. No, 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 there's not. Okay, well, um, the attic, the attic kind of acts as a lab. And mine, it's kind of where he does his, like, little mad scientist shenanigans with the doll. Um, so, yeah, same with what we talked about earlier in class, just you and me, Cousin one-on-one. We were, uh, we were talking about the underworld, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he goes into the underworld. It could be a cave, anything, you know, just labs, they're common. Uh, it's typically dark, secluded. These are all like kind of 
it, it, would that be a trope? I think that would be a trope for the underworld. Dark and secluded, unaccessible, limited info on the inside. It's like Area 51 could be considered the underworld in our society. No one knows anything about it. Limited info on the inside. It could be the bottom of DIA. That's the underworld of DIA. Nobody knows about it. You know, DIA conspiracies. Boom. So the underworld is usually the lowest point of the protagonist or like something bad happens to him. So low. And mine, in my book, World War Z, the uh, underworld was the point where they figured out the zombie outbreak was happening. The first zombie outbreak happened in China, and it kind of spread throughout the world. And, I don't know, most countries knew about the outbreak and didn't really do much. And the protagonist kind of blames that for their for them just being dumb about, like, the zombies. What do you think, Connor? You know, thanks for bringing that up. I realize there are a few critical points in my choice read that represent the underworld. Uh, the With the protagonist, Danny, uh, he, he starts off, and he reaches his underworld when he gets tricked into walking into the most haunted room in the hotel. Uh, he suffers a gruesome bruise from a lady who's a spirit that hurts Danny and possesses him for a short amount of time. He says red rum, which is actually murder backwards, a ton throughout his possession. And, you know, he, I don't know how, but he snaps out of his possession when, of course, the antagonist, Jack, his father, is coming after him to kill him. And, his, and the wife, Wendy, is trying to save Danny. Then, uh, you know, the antagonist, uh, Jack, like I just said, he, uh, he gets sucked into a mental trap where he starts hallucinating at, uh, himself at a ball at the hotel and is being festive with all the people and talks to the main murderer, the person who, I mean, started haunting the, ha- the hotel in the first place. Um, after talking to him, he ends up deciding after Danny and his wife uh, were making him really upset, like he couldn't focus or anything. He decided he needed to go take care of them, quote unquote, which ends up mean killing him. They went after him. anyway. There was another point that both these characters together reached uh, their underworld, where uh, Danny is being chased at the end of the book by Jack in the maze during a treacherous blizzard, and Danny gets away from Jack, um, who was almost had him in the maze when they were running. Uh, that was one of the most cynical situations in the book. And to be honest, it was just, you know, the whole setup and the scene being outside. It was predator versus prey. Uh, it was treacherous, like, like I said, treacherous weather. I mean, this blizzard was insanely described, so on, or quoted. And um, yeah, they were running around in a maze. I mean, it's doesn't get any more critical situations and more underworld feel than that so to say so i mean that's what i got for that one so uh the next topic is the plot device you know this one had me a little bit confused but uh after after looking into it pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong it's like a technique and a narrative used to move the plot forward it's uh it could kind of like confuse the reader or cause like a loss of suspension in the in the whole narrative or the whole theme. Did you uh, did you guys find any solid plot devices? You know, I, I really had trouble finding those in my book. Yeah, I had a good one in mine. It was the when he found the cure, and it just switched up the whole plot plot and just made the theme 
just change. I don't know, it gave us hope and it made the survival archetype just, I don't know, it just kind of showed us more of the survival archetype because it showed us he kept his hold. And yeah, what, what, what was yours? You know, I thought, uh, like you like you said, Jason, it was kind of hard to find, but uh, I thought mine was morality in scenes. And what I mean by morality is that there are multiple times in each book that there are situations where it could go against someone's morals and what they believe in and what is okay in society. For example, in Frankenstein, when Victor creates the monster, it brings up a lot of questions from the outside world. Questions, questions such as, is it acceptable to be creating a living thing that is formed differently than the rest of the living things? The same morality aspect can be looked upon in The Shining. This happens at the beginning of the book as well. When Jack and his family accept the deal to go stay at the Stanley Hotel for six months, knowing the history of the hotel driving people insane and isolation playing one of the biggest themes, sane people would gladly turn down the offer because they know being trapped in a hotel in the mountains during winter, far from anything for six months, would be a brutal experience. I don't know. That's what I kind of picked up on. Uh, Jason, did you find any plot devices yourself? You know, after hearing what you guys have to say about plot devices, uh, what seems to be the main turning point in mine would be when Sky finds this puppet. He goes from just being a bullied kid, just kind of an outcast to society. Everyone's shunning him away. Finds this puppet, and he's bringing everyone down with him. So it takes a story from just nothing, basically, to a story of violence and basically havoc that he just wreaks upon the whole community and his whole town. And I'm still not even done with the book, but it, it's kind of like a radiating circle. It starts with the people he knows. It goes further to the people he doesn't know. And then from there, it kind of takes over. So it, it could take over a whole city. It could take anything. But that, that was ma- the main switch for me was the switch from just everyday life to a life of violence and terror. And that's where the story takes its turn. So, uh, so we all read two books. What um, what similarities have you guys tied together between the two, if any? You know, I didn't really seem to tie too many, but if you guys have any, just speak on that. All right, yeah. So uh, in Frankenstein and The Shining, you know, there was a common theme shared. And I've already talked about it today, but isolation is just overwhelming when you look at themes because, you know, it's... The characters are isolated in The Shining up at the hotel. And then, you know, the main reason in Frankenstein why Victor creates the monster in the first place is because he has problems with isolation. So, I mean, isolation just, it just follows throughout the whole book, through both books, just the whole time. And then, you know, I can also compare that, you know, obviously they're considered horror, part of the terror type, and they, they... give off an eerie feeling both of them you know they just make people just skeptical in a way you know just kind of double think twice you know and then um that's that's pretty much it for the big comparisons like i could go into detail and smaller ones but we don't have enough time for that so i'm just gonna hand it to ollie ollie what do you think yeah mine had a couple comparisons between the like couple similarities between the books I don't know, a big similarity was that they both had the monster feature and they both were repping the monsters. I don't know, Frankenstein was more big into the monster, like, trope, if you'd say. Yeah, I don't know, that's the 
only one I could really think of. All right, I am sorry, boys, but we have to throw a quick audible in. We have a guest speaker. He's only going to be here for uh, about five minutes. You know, he had the flu. He got a little bit sick, so we're going to throw him in the podcast. Uh, we have Zachary Bear tuning in live from Atlanta, Georgia. Zachary, are you there? Yes, Jason. I, I very, very much appreciate you having me on the show. I, what an honor it is. I, I really love this. I watch, I watch the MidPod podcast every day. It's truly inspiring. All right, let's get right into business, shall we? All righty. So, first of all, whore and terror, what are they? What are, what are their differences? All right, whore. Whore, man, whore scares the crap out of you. It's right there. Bada bing, bada boom, pops out of nowhere, boom, gets you. Gets you right in the keister. Right there, right in your face. And then there's terror. Terror's the stuff that sends you home at night thinking, oh, no, I hope this doesn't happen to me. There's the stuff that, you know, keeps you all... Keeps you keeps you scared in bed at night, like uh, like you know, like thinking about like the boogeyman under your bed or something like that. I don't know, I don't know. I've never had problems like that, but you know, other people might. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, next thing we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about some tropes, some tropes, how they work. So, uh, the book I read, my choice, my choice was The Shining, and uh, we got a protagonist. His name's Danny, Big Dan man. He's the son of Jack and Wendy. Yes, that's Wendy, as in four for four at Wendy's. Um, he, um, uh, so the son, so, well, the dad, really, was, uh, well, the son, really, was uh, mentally terrorized, and the dad ended up becoming a murderer. So that's, that's not really that fun. And it's, uh, it's kind of a bad day, if you're, really, if you're talking to me, if you're asking my opinion. It's kind of a bad day, you know, just getting mentally terrorized and then having your dad become a murderer. It's not really the best day. Um, yeah, and then the, then the other book is uh, Frankenstein, protagonist named Victor. Victor, that's Victor as in ventriloquism. Um, sci- he's a oh, scientist. Shout out to ventriloquism. Oh, yeah. He's a scientist that creates the monster, you know, Frankenstein, the name of the book and everything. No big deal. No big deal. But he spends most of the book trying to find him, trying to find his monster that he created. It's kind of like a son to him. It's kind of weird, though. Big, weird. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some, uh, some settings, some, some underworld type of, type of Joan. So the underworld in The Shining. We're, we're going to talk about The Shining right now, all right? All right, so um, uh, Jack, the bad guy, the father, the, really, the, the murderer father, he uh, gets sucked into an hallucination type of Joan and um, uh, decides to become a killer. Yeah, so... Odd, odd train of events there. And then I'm, uh, decides to kill the fam. That's not really too hot. Um, all right. And then I'm, uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So like the underworld, what is it? The underworld is the place where, uh, you know, it kind of, kind of represents like a place in the book that really, uh, defines a character. Yeah. Underworld. Sounds like underwear. Ha <laughs> ha. Next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some themes, some themes and how they like affect the book and stuff like that. So one of the big themes in Frankenstein that really impacted the book was uh, going against morals, you know, like like human morals, all, all sorts of stuff like that. Is it morals or morales? I don't know. Click to vote on the link below. All right. So uh, is it is it good morals to create a living creature 
in the wrong way, in no. a sense? No. No? No. No. All right, I guess anyone can then. Some more morals from uh, The Shining include, uh, you know, when the fam decides to go to the hotel, they've heard, they've heard bad things about the hotel, you know, about it driving people insane and stuff like that. You know, just some, some, some crazy type of Joan happened at that hotel, and they, they decide to go anyway. Is that, is that bad morals? All right, folks, let me tell you why I'm speaking today. I, I am the um, uh, comic book expert, as they call it, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the ghetto. And uh, I'm here to talk about how the difference of comic books and horror and terror is, like, happening. So, horror and terror, it scares you. It's, uh, it's not really about, you know, a hero or a villain. Actually, there is a hero and a villain, but it's not, it's not that type of story. Usually the villain wins. The hero usually wins in comic books, while the villain usually wins in horror movies or horror stories. Books. Books. Yes. And, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of... Like, uh, like in Superman. Superman always wins. Even though he died a few times, he still comes back to life, and he always wins because, he, you know, he's freaking Superman. But, you know, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. It's like horror books. You, you lose a lot. You can't win them all. Well, um, uh, thanks for having me on the show today, Jason. I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Say, uh, say hi to the kids and wife for me. Thank you for joining us on this delightful journey. We hope to see you soon, or see you never. I don't give a damn. Thanks for tuning in. Mint Pod out. <laughs>